Chapter Twenty Two of Captain Sparkle, Pirate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rebecca Brown. Captain Sparkle, Pirate by Nicholas Carter. Chapter Twenty Two: A Combat with the Rapiers but it was fated that nick carter was not to proceed at once to the tower of the castle the distance from where he turned again toward the front of the building to the part of it which might properly be called the tower was some hundreds of feet and he had gone not more than half the distance when just as he was passing a door it was opened suddenly and a man stepped out upon the corridor confronting him it would be difficult to determine which of the two was more greatly surprised by the encounter but it was certainly the detective who recovered from it first the man who confronted him paused in amazement then when he perceived nick was a stranger he opened his mouth to cry out something but in that instant nick leapt forward as he did so the man started backwards with the cry still unuttered his step backward avoided the blow he would have received but not all the consequences of it for the detective perceiving in time that his hand would fall short of reaching the fellow altered his intention and turned his onslaught into a rush so that his two hands fell upon the man's chest and he was thrown backwards into the room where the detective followed him with a bound he closed the door almost with the same motion which he had passed through it and then with his back against it calmly drew his revolver while the man was rising from the floor where he had fallen who the devil are you demanded the man in french sacre mon ami but that is an odd way you have of making your presence known and why monsieur do you make use of the revolver merely to convince you of the wisdom of preserving silence replied nick smiling grimly silence the frenchman chuckled audibly my dear sir one might yell his lungs loose here and not be heard inside an adjoining room these walls were made to withstand sieges and besides if i may venture to inquire wherefore would i offer to cry out eh the frenchman had stepped back and nick saw that he was evidently a character and he realized moreover that the man had not the least idea that he himself was an intruder in the castle then as if to confirm him in that opinion the man added ha i understand i comprehend monsieur's tendencies his wish it is to fight no the detective could not avoid a smile but he made no other reply ha i have guessed it continued the frenchman rubbing his hands together ecstatically it is to fight with me that monsieur comes here at this hour monsieur is a guest of Count Jean. perhaps monsieur came to the chateau on board the yacht with the count is it not so yes and the count has told monsieur about antoine lafette no is it so no yes and monsieur has not the belief that antoine is the greatest fencing master of the age ha monsieur has come to witness the proof of it perhaps believe me monsieur shall be gratified monsieur shall be convinced yes nick carter permitted him to run on without interruption for the fellow's prattle told him at once many things he desired to know the most important of which was the fact that count jean de cadillac had in reality arrived at the chateau in the shadow and was now inside the castle it told him also that there before him was a conceited frenchman by profession of fencing-master who considered himself the greatest that ever was a person who had not an idea beyond the horizon of his own egotism but above all a person who if nick could win his confidence would impart all the information he possessed and so without hesitation he at once assumed the part for which the french fencing-master cast him he shrugged his own shoulders in true french fashion 
and having returned the revolver to the side pocket of his coat he raised his eyes turned out the palms of his hands and replied yes i have heard that you monsieur antoine has some idea of fence but parbleau it is nothing to what i can do monsieur antoine has not the requisite strength of the wrist not the quickness of the eye not the nimbleness of feet upon the floor not the touch the curve the twist the reach of the arm not the so is it so does the monsieur believe what he says to be true ha it is a relish that you have brought to me monsieur i will instruct you in the fence non yes you shall see will the monsieur be kind enough to step this way this room like the other which nick had seen was large it was evidently the home of the fencing master for the walls were covered with foils swords rapiers broadswords battle-axes staves dueling pistols masks gauntlets chest-shields shoulder-pads in short everything was there which belonged to the arts of offence and defence with the blade at one end of the room was a raised section which extended perhaps an inch above the surface of the floor and this was filled with fine white sand and it was towards this spot that the frenchman conducted the detective look said the french master pointing towards some hooks against the wall if monsieur will divest himself of his coat so ah it is a pleasure a relish that monsieur has brought to me i will produce my most superb foils foils exclaimed nick with some outward show of contempt rapiers if you please the foils are for children ha it is magnificent it is glorious but we fence then not to the death for the little touch of the master is it not so yes for the little twinge at the lobe of the ear for the prick like a pin-point at the nipple of the breast ha grand magnificent monsieur has the true idea foils are for children the fence shall not be seriously to wound the opponent then no no it shall be to draw the spot of blood like the glow of a ruby one two three times yes three times in succession ha if you do that you shall be the victor en garde monsieur while the frenchman was talking he was also preparing himself for the combat and every nerve in his lithe body seemed to be alive with the joy at the prospect egotism is the first requisite for a fencing master nick carter excelled in the art of fence as he did in all other exercises of self-defence in his youth his father had neglected none of these requirements in preparing the son for his career and he was perfect in the use of the foil the rapier the broadsword the staves and all weapons of the kind as he was with rifle or revolver then add to the perfection of science the wonderful strength which reposed in his muscles and any fencer will tell you that nothing on earth should be able to defeat him and so the two faced each other smiling nick calm confident reposeful the frenchman alert eager and thrilling with pleasure it is no child's play to fence with needle-pointed rapiers without delivering or receiving a serious wound and only the most expert of fencers would dare to undertake it like all fencers when they begin a combat these two felt of one another's strength of wrist celerity of action keenness of guard and thrust and foot movement and after a few parries the frenchman leapt back out of reach for a moment and he lowered the point of his weapon and exclaimed la la but it is magnificent grand glorious monsieur is a foeman worthy to meet the best he has the strength of wrist ah and the foot movement yes it will show him that he has met one who is greater than he en garde monsieur both had done the feeling and they now went at the combat seriously and nick feeling that the time was perhaps short if he was to accomplish all he wished to do that night 
determined to win out as soon as possible. He therefore attacked the Frenchman like a cyclone. It seemed to cover himself with steel. His weapon glinted like a thousand gems in the air, darting in and out like flashes of lightning, forming a perfect shield around his head and breast, and in the same time dancing through the guard of his opponent with every thrust he made. And yet, for a long time, he got no nearer to the master than that. The Frenchman was really superb in the practice of his art. He was a master of it, but he was not a master of the man who stood in front of him like a granite pillar, suddenly infused with the animation of a spirit and the strength of a Hercules. After a few moments of this furious attack, Nick saw that his opponent was giving ground. He realized that the pace was telling upon him, and that his own superior strength was overpowering his adversary. The Frenchman was rapidly tiring. Once he leapt back to avoid a thrust, he would have called for a rest had not Nick laughingly guide him by asking calmly if he were tired. Lafette was tired, but he would sooner have died then and there than to have confessed it, and he returned to the game with redoubled energy. But although the will was there, the steam to keep it going was not. His wrist was tired. The strength of Nick's arm had strained it more than he would have believed possible before Monsieur entered the room so strangely. Then suddenly, the detective discovered his opportunity. He stepped forward quickly, almost inside the Frenchman's guard, and then, thrust, thrust, parry, thrust. The weapon darted out like the tongue of a toad in three quick flashes of light. The first of these touched and half-pierced the Frenchman's right ear. The second performed the same service for the left one. The third pinked him on the breast so that a little spot of blood, not larger than a pea, appeared suddenly upon the surface of the hitherto spotless linen. And then, before the Frenchman had time to utter a word, the detective turned his rapier in a circle, cut the other under the handguard, and tore it from the fencing master's hand, so that in another instant it fell clattering on the opposite side of the room. For a moment Lafette seemed utterly dazed by what had happened, and then with a cry he leaped forward, fell upon his knees at Nick's feet, and seizing his hands in his own, kissed them rapturously. "'Magnificent!' he cried. I have never seen such fence. Ah, monsieur, I am your slave henceforth. You have the wrist of steel, the quickness of lightning, the eye of omnipotence. And it is my first defeat, monsieur, but it is a victory even to have had the honor to fence with one so great. Command me. I am your servant, your slave, from this hour. End of chapter 22